Good morning and welcome to Subject ACT, current affairs through the local community lens. You're tuned into 2XXFM 98.3. It's Monday the 4th of July, Independence Day in the US of A. Considering this is a pre-recorded program, the election analysis will have to be mulled over next week. But today I have a fascinating program in store. I'm Becca Posterino. Lovely to have your company this morning. Today we meet a local with a passion for competitive sport and a genuine voice of reason in the cultural arena. Bianca Elmir is a champion boxer. She is a humanitarian and social commentator, particularly invested in sharing her experience as a Muslim woman within the diversity of the Islamic faith in Australia. Bianca thoughtfully joins the conversation on issues related to what it is to be an Islamic woman to fill the vacuum in the aftermath of September 11. Bianca also plans to compete at the Commonwealth Games in Queensland in 2018 and to represent Australia at the World Boxing Championships to be confirmed. When she's not boxing her heart out, she works in a woman's refuge in the ACT or is surrounded by the loving company of close family and friends or enjoying the supreme cuisine flavoured from her cultural heritage in the Middle East. Stay with us now as we meet local champion boxer and humanitarian Bianca Almia. The program is Subject ACT on 2XXFM 98.3. I'm Becca Posterino. Today we welcome Bianca Almia, who is an Australian boxer from Canberra. Beyond boxing, Bianca has been an executive assistant for former Greens politician Amanda Bresnan. She is a humanitarian and feels compelled to fill the vacuum created in the aftermath of September 11 for Muslim women to articulate who they are as individuals within the diversity of the Islamic faith. Bianca, welcome to Subject ACT. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you and thank you for that very strong introduction. I will be stealing that as my new identity. Take it. It's yours. Thank you. (laughs) Inspired by the forum that I met you on or met you at last Sunday, which was with Shakira Hussein. You were a great contributor to that forum. So... Uh, that inspired me to have you on this program. Thank you. And thank you for yeah giving me the opportunity to be able to voice my opinions and comments. And I, f- I feel this is a privilege. You are an accomplished boxer. Does your determination and competitive streak, if I can call it that, serve you well in everything you do? It both serves me well and also acts as something that can be negative at times. I put extreme pressures on myself and anyone who is competitive can empathise with that. There's good and there's bad to being a competitive person I do strive to be the best at everything I do even if it's rolling the bins out to the the lawn or um, making my breakfast cereal from the mundane to the most extreme things I put everything into it which is sometimes hard to be Bianca Elmer. With that competitive streak that must be essential in what you do as a boxer it must be a necessity and a strength. Yes it is it's it's about constantly pushing your own barriers and what you yourself consider to be your limits so finding what your limits are and then pushing beyond them constantly every single day if that's from going for a run or your soft chatter trying to be of high esteem every day in everything you do to going to work to being the best version of yourself I find that they're the internal dialogues that are constantly going through my mind every day so I try and consult different books to try and better myself spiritually intellectually and I think that within all of those realms if they are all balanced then I am a better person I can then contribute better in my 
boxing life. I can be a better boxer. I can be a better person. I can be a better boxer, a better boxer, a better person. They always <laughs> feed off each f- other. Yeah, they feed off each other. And if, if, if something's out of balance, then I find that other things are out of balance. And also just adding on that, like I'm in an individual sport. So a lot of that is just you are your own hero. You have to battle through, be your own martyr, be do everything on your own because you know in the ring at the end of the day you are on your own. But Actually, you don't need to be on your own all of the time. And that's something that I've I've found maturing into becoming an older athlete is that it's okay to lean on people. It's actually a sign of strength to be able to know where you need a leg up in some Mm -hmm. areas of your life and it's okay to ask. Why does boxing in particular ignite your passions? What is it about this sport? Now I've matured into, an again, an older athlete. Boxing for me on a personal level is a highly technical and thoughtful sport and a lot. there's a lot, a lot of strategy that's involved mm. which requires you to be clever. You know, you need to you need to get a leg up over your opponent. You need to understand the foundation of what's going to make you a better boxer. A lot of that is about preempting someone's attack, setting yourself in an opportunity where you can defend and then counter. You know, 101 boxing essentially is hitting and not getting hit. But in order to do that, the way that that unfolds in the ring is a lot of strategy and a mm. lot of hours of technical preparation. And mm. I mean, the amount of hours that I've spent just perfecting something as simple as stepping and punching at the same time and knowing where my left and my right and where my balance is is a lot of mental energy and I really love absorbing myself in the technique and I I find it quite a a meditative process so I can find myself repeating the one move over and over again and I I lose myself in that I mean I can do it for hours and not even know you know that it's been hours and I don't find that same level of meditation in other parts of my life Mm. I've experienced moments of that meditating actually meditating and that Mm. takes a lot of training and I'm still an amateur at that I'm trying to strengthen that I'm working on that every day or every second day Mm. that level of focus of completely losing yourself in something is so addictive and I'm so (laughs) incredibly passionate about it and I, I and I, you know that's what attracts me to the sport you make it sound as you say it is a spiritual experience would you liken it to that yeah and I would say I'm, I'm definitely back on the same page as you you know that's who I am as well and I don't think you can really remove that f- mm. from you you know my other boxers may not experience that and I, I respect that for me I can only speak on my own experience when I am boxing I am on a clean slate there's no future there's no past there's no inhibitions about what I need to do, what meal I need to prepare later, what anxieties or childhood traumas mm. or any any of that. None of that resonates at that space and time. It's me in front of the mirror perfecting something and that's all that matters in that space. And, yeah, I mean, like the, there are different distractions that can come in and out. You know, the, the gym's loud, there's mm. music, there's people. But for some reason over time I've been able to cocoon myself in my own little vortex, mm. my own little bubble, and no no one can penetrate that. Mm. And it's that's a beautiful It must be experience. liberating. Oh, I can't like. Completely free. Completely free. It's um, <laughs> it's the most self-empowering mm. experience. So as a high-achieving woman, how are you perceived within your Islamic community, if we can move into that spiritual side of yourself, if you wouldn't mind, for participating in this sport? 
I've been approached by an organisation or just a little group that they've set themselves up called Muslim Female Fighters. Surprisingly, <laughs> there's enough of Muslim female fighters around the world for the, for them to create a collective. And I, um, I've been approached by them and they've been supporting me through my different forums, social media. And I have received a lot of positive attention and support recently or not that recent a couple of years ago actually I did teach a group of Muslim women in Melbourne who are all scarved and we closed up the place the gym in Melbourne so no one would come and you know they took their scarves off and they put their gloves on and (laughs) it was so beautiful to see these women who ordinarily would never have done anything like that and they were in a safe space to do it you know and that was them moving their their bodies around and feeling really self-empowered and hitting things and you know a couple of them were really good and really passionate about it and the girls that I met these girls through a, a restaurant that I went to in Melbourne I got into conversation with the owner who was of an Islamic background as well and she felt it really, she found it to be very empowering that I was on pursuit of going to the Commonwealth Games or in mm-hmm. training to do it and so she paid for the girls to come and train with me and she wanted it to be obviously I don't live in Melbourne so it's not an ongoing thing but that's something that she was really passionate about and I too have put the word out here in the Islamic community it's a little bit more segregated the community here it's not as it's not too much of a community or I'm not as involved here in Canberra why is that I think that I think I could probably liken it to being quite a new city as such in Canberra I have been removed from it I find it on a personal level because I don't I don't wear the headscarf I don't practice traditional Islamic values I don't go to the mosque I don't so much feel like I'm a part of a community per se. So I've got friends who are of Islamic background, but I don't consider us us a community. There are things I can say in front of them that we can, you know, write a passage stuff like, yeah, we we know what we're talking about. We look <laughs> into each other's eyes and we can make little off the cuff jokes. But I've never felt like I was a part of an Islamic community, and so I have actually felt a little bit on the periphery. Mm. And at times, there are particularly from the men, there are misogynistic views upon what I'm about what I'm doing Mm. so how do you counter that well I just politely don't engage them in conversation because a lot of the time you're trying to battle up against someone who's got a very dogmatic view about religion Mm. and so it's you're not going to convert them to anything Mm. to your views and so just the same way that I do this with right very right-wing people I just choose my battles I'm not going to get anywhere with this person so I just politely agree to disagree and I you know I don't let anyone determine where my faith is Mm. so if anyone personal it's a personal experience and it's definitely nothing that's going to be dictated to me by anyone, particularly by a man. I'm not going to let that happen. I won't let that happen by any particular community leader. For me, my Islam, which it is, it's my experience, my Islam, is something that I create for myself. Mm. I can consult different books and literature, which I do do. There's something that I, some things that I may get right, there's some things that I may get wrong, but ultimately I account, I'm accountable to myself. Mm. If I can burrow down and your father or your brothers, your uncles, do you have their support? That must be important to you. If, if that support is there, then everything else can retreat to the recesses. I and guess. that's actually a, a very good question because a lot of Islamic cultures, obviously it's a very, very diverse. It comes from all different cultural backgrounds. A lot of them are from patriarchal societies so whereas so men the male figure is a very dominant and plays a very strong role in those communities i come from a lebanese background where it is very patriarchal as well 
I have been afforded the opportunity not to experience that, that that because, good and bad, my father isn't involved in my life because my mum separated from him when I was two years old. I've been given the opportunity to define my identity outside of those constraints. I also don't have any brothers or sisters. Mm. So I'm very much a lone wolf in creating my own Islamic identity. Mm. I've modelled it a little bit from my mother as well, who is a very strong figure. She's never looked at the religion in a dogmatic way, although there have been times in my upbringing where she's used religion as a way to control and manage me. <laughs> and so I've rebelled that from that. happens in every... <laughs> yeah, definitely ever. And, you know, there are even times now where she will use that, or not use it so much, but, you know, try and quote a religious text or what she considers to be right and wrong in the religion and you know and pull me up on that which she has every right to do but then I think we've got a mature relationship now where we can agree to disagree I've been confident expressing my own Islamic identity because I have had a very supportive mother in for religion you know Mm -hmm. so she hasn't ever tried to enforce it on me so by giving me that freedom it's given me the confidence Mm -hmm. to create what Islam is for me in my terms that's another freedom that you've been it's quite unique, I, I, I would imagine. A hundred percent, very unique, especially from the Lebanese community. And I've also been given the opportunity to do that in Canberra. I think mm-hmm. Canberra makes it very um, unique because I'm not from a western suburb of Sydney where there is a big de- you know, yes. diaspora of Lebanese people or Muslims from other backgrounds. You know, growing up in my high school, I was li- uh, I knew of one other Lebanese guy in the mm. entire high school. Everyone else was from different backgrounds, and so I haven't felt the pressure of having to be part of a particular community. So in doing that, I've been able to create something very individual. I dance to my own horn mm. or whatever that mm. the saying goes, which can be get me into a lot of trouble as well, and I can perhaps offend people or. You know, if I've had comments, it's been that, well, Bianca, you're not even Muslim. Look at you, what you're doing. You do this and that and the other. And I never want to be offensive to anyone at all. But I've always been a little bit different. You know, something that my mum actually growing up would always say to me is, you know, Bianca, do you want to be a leader or a follower? You know, like <laughs> at high school, I'd come home with all kinds of different traumas at that time. Like, <laughs> she said this or that or the other, you know, and oh, what do I do? And, you know, and it was always, it would come back to that and, I've being an an only child as well, a single parent. My mum has tried to really create those foundations of independence in me because she's had to struggle so hard for Mm -hmm. hers. Coming out to Australia, or she was born in Australia, went overseas, came back with a child and has had to work very hard for her independence. Mm. And so doing that, she's really given me those really key principles in mm. my life. And they've been both a source of conflict <laughs> and a source of um, of unity as well between us. I think our relationship's matured now where we can work as allies. I think a lot of the time mm-hmm. growing up as well, we had very explosive personalities and they it created much conflict in my mm. upbringing. There's been a lot of points of division. And now I think my mum also respects that I am the person I am. I'm not wearing a scarf. I probably won't wear a scarf and that's okay. From way back way, you know that I don't play Streets not safe, but I never run away Even when I'm away O-T-O-T There's never much love when we go O-T I pray to make it back in one piece I pray, I pray That's 
why I need a one dance Got a Hennessy in my hand One more time before I go Higher powers taking a hold on me I need a one dance Got a Hennessy in my hand One more time before I go Higher powers taking a hold on me Nobody makes it from my ends I had to bust up the silence You know you gotta stick by me Soon as you see the text reply me I don't wanna spend time fighting We got no time and that's why I need a one dance Got a Hennessy in my hand One more time but I go Higher powers taking a hold on me I need a one dance Got a Hennessy in my hand one more time but I go Higher powers taking a hold on me That was Bianca Almir, our guest this morning's choice, Drake, with One Dance. Bianca Almir is discussing her dedication and commitment of boxing. Bianca also discussed her experience as an Islamic woman within the diversity of Islamic faith in Australia. Bianca is the only child of a loving and supportive single mum. Raised in Australia and of Lebanese background, her unique insight as a young and spiritually independent Islamic woman offers a fascinating perspective. Stay with us now to hear more from Bianca Almir, local champion boxer, humanitarian and social commentator. You're listening to Subject ACT on iconic community radio station 2XXFM 98.3, celebrating its 40th year. From your perspective, how should the leaders within the Australian community and perhaps the ACT community in particular, how should we as a community be engaging with people from the Islamic community in Australia and more broadly, in your view? I think it's really important that it becomes an organic process. I think that it's very important that the Islamic community itself creates a united front. Obviously, there's okay. it's okay to have diversity of, an, of opinions and backgrounds and views within the Islamic community. And I say Islamic community with inverted commas, which you can't see to all those <laughs> listeners. I do it with inverted commas because there isn't a homogenous group mm-hmm. called the Islamic group. I think it's really important to point out there's so many different cultural backgrounds. I mean... So many backgrounds and languages spoken within the Islamic community. Mm. So there isn't a unified community or a a community, one particular Islamic community. I know the media love to say the Islamic community said this or that, but there really there isn't a community. Mm. But it's okay to have differing opinions but have a unified group of voices. Mm. I think Mm. it's important to have that. I'm not sure if there is – well, actually, I can say to you there. I don't feel like there is – 
that in Canberra. I can mm. speak. I can. I'll speak on Canberra right now. I am actually going to a group tonight after I teach my boxing, and it's called Muslims for Progressive Values, and it's a community that then I was approached by a group that started off in Melbourne now. Its base is in America and it's a group that's progressing around the world. Its first little group has started in Melbourne and now in camera I'm going to the first meeting. I think it is the first I've been overseas, but it is going to be the first meeting I attend. And it's about having a dialogue with each other. Now, these people who are coming together tonight, mostly students, but we are going to be discussing these issues. And I think what it's also really important is that we're breaking down stereotypes or breaking down the structure that I feel is in place now in the Islamic community, which is very top down. So the Sheikh says this, mm-hmm. or the Islamic says this, a lot of the time, they're from a different background, you know, they come from another country, they've moved to Australia. So you talk, they're talking from a different cultural experience. A lot of the time they're, they're men, well, they're only men. And a lot of the time they're a lot older, you know. Mm. So how can that then be the spokes face mm. of the mm. Islamic community? It's, mm. it's very difficult. You're contending with a lot of stuff there. Mm. So first and foremost, it's important that the different different groups within the Islamic community come together and have discussion through that you, we can start to discuss issues like racism or where do women fit in the religion now in mm. contemporary society does this still fit in within the Australian society mm. and I think that first and foremost needs to happen I, and it's definitely happening in other parts of Australia so I can't say it's not happening and then through those little groups you, we can then start to approach the wider audience have dialogues where opportunities where people in society can talk to Muslims a lot of Mm. people don't even have the opportunity to even do that and so the first time that they're hearing about a Muslim unfortunately is through a negative article in the media so you know create forums in which people can share food together experiences you know food anything anything (laughs) with food makes people happy I I think it was uh, I I can't recall it it was on it was in the forum how you (laughs) and not just about food it's like oh but it's such a good it's such a good gateway. It's yeah, a, it's a I mean, rite of passage. Everyone should do it. Absolutely. Yeah, and like, how can you be angry at someone when you're sharing a piece of bread? You know, like you <laughs> it's can't. So true. It's like well, you got to get a tasty meal, and everyone's yeah. friends. And yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, I find that things like the multicultural festival here in Canberra, it's it's a very one-way experience. Like people are consuming the culture, not participating. And I think that in order to participate, you have to do more than order meat on a stick. You need to <laughs> be able to observe the culture, exchange ideas, mm. participate in the culture. Mm. Is that you know learning how to play a drum, learning how to you know to to do a particular dance or or anything like that? It's not just a money-making experience for the ACT government. It needs to be a bit more of an interactive. What are some of the common misconceptions about women in the Islamic community, in Australia in particular? I can answer to that. I would say it would be that women wear the hijab always, that which is this, the headscarf, that women who wear the hijab or the niqab, which is something that f- um, covers your face, must walk behind the man, the husband. So he walks in front, the woman walks behind. A lot of the time she's got an inward posture She's looking on the floor and looks like she is unhappy, tones herself down in order for her husband to walk ahead of her. I mean, that's a that's an extreme view, but it's something that I've heard uh, mm-hmm. quite regularly enough for it to be a view and that women don't have rights, that they need to consult their husband first before they make any decisions, that the preference is that they stay at home and look after children while the man goes out and, and works. 
and that they don't do things like play sport or work in non-traditional work environments, that they would maybe just work in the library or look after children in play school, um, after school care. They're quite extreme views, but, yeah, I'd say that that's that could be a common view, yeah, about mm-hmm. Islamic women. Do you see yourself as an ambassador or a leader for Islamic women in Australia? I think that anyone that puts any kind of labels on themselves I'm weary of, you know, so I, I would never want to impose my lifestyle on anyone else. I think that by virtue of the fact that I am public in what I do, that I do then by default become either, uh, yes, uh, an example for other people. So whatever label you can put on me on as such, I've never tried to do that. I think that I've tried to live by my principles and if that then is a story that the media finds interesting then I I go with it and I'm very honest in my storytelling you know I I feel it imperative that I when I sit here in front of you and look at you that I'm telling you my story Mm -hmm. and that I try and be as honest as I can because I am someone who wears my personality on my sleeve which gets me into a lot of trouble I can be too loud at times I can be too honest at times and I know that it's been something that has been you know I accept that that's my personality so by nature one stage or another found myself with a microphone in front of me I guess like I've always been a bit of a performer and one of the different stages of my life so yeah like I love it you know and I do I love it you know I'm a Leo like that's why I like yes. I love being the center of attention curly hair, curly hair my presence I'm loud mm. you know if I'm not given the stage I will go and I will take it you know and like <laughs> as you should yeah I mean that's just who I am I accept that um if I in any way or form can impart some kind of my own life experience or knowledge in a positive way, then I take that and I take that. I take that with I really appreciate that and I, I, I know that it, I feel like it's a privilege, you know, like to be able to sit here in front of you, you know, I don't take it for granted at all. As women as well, as women. you know, like that's – As women. It's rare, like we take that for granted maybe in living here in Australia, but this is an amazing opportunity to be able to do that. Why There are so many societies around the world where you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't. You know, I'm not confident to sit here and tell you exactly how I feel. You are strong, articulate, open and willing to engage in this conversation, the broader conversation about women in Islam or of Islamic faith. Do you have strong family support? I guess we've answered this with your mum, who have supported your professional aspirations. I uh, couldn't do it without the support around me 100%. Within my family, I've only really got access to my mum. So my father's in in Lebanon. I've met him only a couple of times. My mum is very supportive of what I do, which has been really... Uh, yeah, it's it's been really important just, in, you know, because sport is a very disappointing experience as well. So there are so many, you know, with the ups, there are Absolutely. a lot more downs. And so being able to pick you up yourself up when you've experienced disappointment is one of the hardest parts of the sport. And no one, no athlete in the world can do it without people around them. Anyone that says they, they do, that they're on their own is, uh, is lying. So I've got the support actually, particularly of my friends around me is very important. I've surrounded myself and have done since I've been young with very strong and solid people, mm. particularly a lot of strong and solid women in my life mm. as well. My mum has been a point of strength in my life. Also my auntie in Sydney who I see 
rarely, unfortunately, I, whenever I got the chance to go to Sydney. But she's also a very, very strong woman. And my cousin, who is the youngest of that family, is also a, a young girl studying medicine at university, has sporting aspirations of herself, for her own. And uh, both of those women have been very solid in my life. And just being able to go to Sydney and unwind and have them love me unconditionally <laughs> is just so special. You've got a documentary that's being made on you. Has that been completed? And when does that get released? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yep. So Gemma, who um, is an independent filmmaker in Melbourne, has been following me for the last two years, two and a bit years now. So she firstly found me out because I was in a newspaper article in Melbourne, contacted me originally to get content for a non, uh, for a fiction, a fictional film she was making. From there, through conversation, then decided to make a film about my own personal life. She found it interesting enough to make a story from. So she's just been following me around with this camera and a little camera crew now that she's she's hired. So she's she's followed me to Taiwan, to Bali, to Kazakhstan. She's been everywhere oh, wow. with me. Yeah, to Canberra, to, to Sydney, to Perth. Yeah, she's been Is everywhere. It it's in production and it will probably be complete next year, I'd say. Okay. It's been a real pleasure. So thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And anyone that wants to follow me is um Yes, of course. My Facebook profile actually is Bianca Bam Bam Elmi, which is my <laughs> fight name. So jump on that. I also have a Twitter thing as well, which I try and I'm trying to get together, which is also Bianca Elmir. So that's at Bianca Elmir. Bianca, thank you so much. Thank you very much. That was Bianca Elmir, champion boxer, social commentator and humanitarian, discussing her path to the Commonwealth Games in Queensland in 2018 and her insights as an independent and spiritually connected Muslim woman recognising and celebrating the diversity of Islamic faith in Australia. Coming up on subject... Coming up on Subject ACT next Monday, we unpick some of the outcomes of the federal election via political analysis... And tomorrow, Doug Dobing hosts Tuesday's edition of Subject ACT. Coming up now, compelling topical storytelling by community radio networks. All the best. Tune in to Subject ACT each weekday, 8.30 till 9am on 2XXFM 98.3 for more local current affairs from an informed and curious gaze. Or listen online at www.2XXFM.org.au backslash listen. I'm Becca Posterino. Have a wonderful morning.